You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Revelation chapter 10 and verse number 1. This seems like, it seems like we are shifting gears and the reason for that is that We are now one half through the tribulation period. We're not through the halfway through, but in the the Bible, what we're studying, we are now halfway through. In chapter 10, it's it's like it's it's a halftime. It's almost like it's a break in everything that's going on. And verse number one, I, John, he says, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. And his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. Now, let's take a a break here and let's talk about this. Why would John say I was about to write? Because everything else God told him, write it down. Everything else God said, all right, here you go. This is going to happen next. Write it down. So John, he sees this angel. We'll talk about this angel in a minute. He sees this angel and he sees all of the glory and all of the majesty of God. And he hears the angel uh, uh, proclaiming a message and it sounded like the, the, the voice of thunder seven times. And John is ready to write like every other time, but something happened. It says in verse number four, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. A voice from heaven said, John, you're not allowed to write that. John, you're not allowed to share that. You heard it and I let you hear it, but you can't tell anybody about it. Verse number five, and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven and he swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer. Uh, we'll get to that. I don't know if we'll get there tonight, but that's a very interesting statement there. Verse seven, and in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, go and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth uh, upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and I said unto him, give me the little book. <laughs> and he said unto me, take it and eat it up and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples, and nations and tongues 
and kings. Lord, please speak to us these few moments, and I pray that you give us exactly what we need for this night. I thank you that your word is powerful. I thank you that it is uh, quick. It is alive. I thank you that it has the ability to penetrate our hearts and minds and our soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. And I pray that your word would be turned loose tonight to do a mighty work. And Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would have your will and your way in this place uh, as I do my best to relay the truth and the message you've given me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. With all that has taken place so far in Revelation, and by the way, I won't get into all of it, but Revelation chapter one, remember that chapter, John saw Jesus and what a vision of Jesus, not Jesus on the cross, but Jesus in all of his glory. Chapters two and three, uh, we see the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor and all those applications and all that is applicable and practical for us today. Chapter four, we see the rapture of the church. We see the judgment seat of Christ. Chapter five, we see the, the theme is worthy is the lamb. Who is worthy to open to the, the book and to loose the seals thereof? And there was no one found except for one, the lamb that was slain, Jesus Christ. And he is worthy, chapter five. Chapter six through chapter eight, we see the seven seal judgments. And then in chapter 8, we get into the seventh seal, which becomes the seven trumpet judgments. Here we are in chapter 10, and we have covered the uh, first six of the trumpet judgments. The last two, number four and five, we got a warning on those. Remember, the angel said, whoa, 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 because there are three judgments to come of the trumpet judgments, which were worse than the first four. And we have seen all of that. So here we are in chapter 10 at the halfway point of the tribulation period. There are still three and a half years remaining of the tribulation. Now, what we've already seen and what we've already read is awful. What we've already seen is it just it blows your mind to think of uh, the lives lost, to think of uh, the, the, the sea and the, and the trees and the animals and the people that are killed. We have seen uh, the demons out of the bottomless pit released as an army of 200 million. We have seen uh, those that are, are loosed to torture people and those that are loosed to kill people that are on planet Earth during the tribulation period. But we're only halfway done. And the second half of the tribulation period, believe it or not, gets worse than the first half. You see, in the first half of the tribulation period, the nation of Israel has not yet been targeted. Now, everybody's affected. Don't, don't get me wrong. Everybody's affected in the tribulation period. But the nation of Israel has had a peace treaty with the Antichrist. And that's a seven-year treaty, and, and you'd think they would know. You would think when people start throwing out numbers like, hey, let's sign a treaty. Uh, how about we make it for seven years? You would think people would know, but they won't. Why not? Because they don't believe this book. They've been sent a strong delusion. They'll believe a lie. By the way, Satan is the master deceiver. Satan is good at deceiving and blinding and causing people to not even see the truth in front of their very eyes. Uh, Satan has blinded so many uh, of people who 
will not receive Christ. So many people who've rejected Christ and, and, and they don't see it. They don't get it. They need the gospel to change them. They need the, the, the blood of Jesus to set them free from the chains of sin. But we see the second half of the tribulation period, the Antichrist will uh, uh, break his treaty with Israel. He will unleash persecution on the Jews. And we will see in the second half of the tribulation period, we will see intense persecution like we didn't even see in the first half. The sixth trumpet has already sounded in the second half of the tribulation. The seventh trumpet will sound. And then the seven vile judgments or the seven bold judgments will still come. But here we are in chapter 10. And you know, I was thinking about this chapter and I thought it's, it's kind of strange that in the midst of all of the uh, the, the chaos in the midst of all of the turmoil, in the midst of all of the, uh, the, 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 the suffering and the anguish and the pain, chapter 10 shows us an angel coming down from heaven. But this angel was not coming down to do anything for anybody on planet earth except for John. This was an angel that came down and he said, John, I got a message for you. I want you to know something. I want you to see something. And I want to remind you today that the book of Revelation, you know who really it's written for? It's written for us. Because people in the tribulation period, sure, there will be some that will get saved during the tribulation. And there may be some that will be turn the pages and say, what's going to happen next? But you know why the Bible was written? It was written for us. It was written for you. It was written for me, and God knew exactly what we would need. And it's almost as if God knew exactly what John needed in the middle of this seven-year tribulation that he is witnessing, he is seeing it unfolding. God is showing him a vision, a revelation of things to come. And in the middle of all this, it's almost as if God takes a time out and says, oh, by the way, John, let me remind you who's got it all under control. And I want to remind you tonight, in the middle of whatever you're going through tonight, I want to remind you who's got it all under control. Amen. And it's not you, and it's not me, and it's not your spouse, it's not your parent, it's not your child, it's not your friend, it's not your coworker, it's not your neighbor. It is Jesus Christ, the Lord, and he's got it all under control, no matter what you're going through. John was seeing a tribulation period unfolding. And in the midst of all that, he sees an angel coming down from heaven with the power and the glory of God. Now, a couple things I want you to see. First of all, some, some will say that this angel is Jesus, and I think it's possible. Others will say it can't be Jesus because of a few of the descriptions that it wouldn't match up. I don't know for sure if it's Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus was, was referred to several times in his appearance as an angel of the Lord. We don't see that in the New Testament. It's possible here. But I do know this about this angel. This angel reminds John of the power and the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ. Look at this description. It says the angel came down from heaven. And the Bible says that this angel was uh, clothed with a cloud. The Bible says in Acts 1 9 that Jesus was received up to heaven in a cloud. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back for us before the tribulation and that we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
When Jesus returns, Revelation 1, 7, he will be coming with clouds. Psalm 104, 3, Jesus makes the clouds his chariot. So this angel comes down and this angel is clothed with a cloud. And then it says there was a rainbow upon his head. Well, this rainbow on his head could be reference to the rainbow in Revelation 4 that was around the throne. The rainbow that signified the authority and the power from the throne of Almighty God. We do know that the rainbow in the Old Testament was a promise that God would never destroy the earth again with a flood. God never promised he wouldn't destroy the earth again because he is going to destroy the earth again. But it's not going to be with a flood. In Genesis 6 and 7, in, the, in Noah's time, it was a flood. In Revelation, it's going to be a fire, a fervent heat. The elements thereof will melt with the fervent heat, the Bible says. And this earth will be destroyed, but not by a flood, but with a fire. We see the rainbow on his head. We see that this is a mighty angel. None other is more strong or powerful than our mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Bible says that this angel... In verse number uh, two, he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. Now, this is so good. Brother uh, Nathan was preaching in chapel this morning about creation. And you know who owns the earth? Jesus does. You know who owns the sea? Jesus does. And it's almost like this angel's coming down with one foot on the earth and one foot on the sea and saying, this is my territory. I own this. Now, the Antichrist and the nations and the kings of the world, they act like they own this place. But I want to tell you who's got the title deed to planet earth, and it is Jesus Christ. He owns it. He created it. We see in uh, this passage that his face was like the sun. Verse number one. The Bible says in Revelation 1.16 that the countenance of Jesus was as the sun that shineth in his strength. His feet were like pillars of fire, verse number 1. Revelation 1.15, Jesus showed up and his feet were like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace. We see that Jesus will have authority of the earth and Jesus will have authority of the sea. Psalm 95, the sea is his, he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Psalm chapter two, Psalm two, excuse me, verses six through nine. The Bible says, I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. We see this angel had a voice, verse three, that was like a lion roaring. Well, who else do we know that is the lion of the tribe of Judah? Who else do we know that has a voice that is more powerful than any voice this world has ever seen? The one whose voice spoke the worlds into existence. The one whose voice, the words of God in Revelation 19, are all that are necessary to destroy the armies of the world gathered together at Armageddon. We see the thunder is described here. And, and the seven thunders that utter their voice, verse number four. Job 26, 14, it says, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? I don't know for sure this angel is Jesus, but if it's not Jesus, this angel sure makes it very clear who he is representing. He is representing Jesus. And by the way, here's a little thought. Wouldn't it be good if people would see us and they'd see Jesus in us? 
Wouldn't it be good that we wouldn't have to tell somebody at work we're a Christian or we wouldn't have to tell somebody in the neighborhood we're a Christian because they know it by the way we live. They know it by how we talk. They know it by how we act. They, they know it by how we conduct ourselves. I was reading the other day in Mark chapter 8 and uh, Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? And uh, they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist and some Elias and all that stuff. And I always think, can you imagine, can you imagine for John the Baptist uh, uh, in heaven what that's like when people say, you know, people used to get you and Jesus confused. They weren't sure which one was which. Or Elijah in heaven say, Elijah, when, when Jesus came, they thought for sure it was you. It'd be good if somebody this week would mistake you for Jesus. I'm not being weird. I'm not talking about, you know, you're going to be holy and perfect like Jesus. Of course, we never are. We're, we're sinners. We're wicked. Our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But wouldn't it be wonderful if people would see Jesus in us this week? So this angel shows up. And I want you to see, number one, I've got to give you some, some, some takeaways here or I'll, I'll run out of time. Number one, this angel shows up to John in the middle of the tribulation. I think, number one, to remind us to get our focus back on Jesus. And I want to tell you tonight, we're in the book of Revelation and we're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. We're seeing some beasts that'll scare you and beasts that'll give you nightmares and all that stuff. But the book of Revelation is not about the Antichrist. It's not about the beast. It's not about the false prophet. It's not about the plagues. It's not about the judgments. The book of Revelation is all about Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight, let's get our focus back on Jesus. Whatever you're going through tonight, let's get our focus back on Jesus. But then I see in this passage, I see that John was ready to write. But the angel said, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. John was not permitted to write what he had heard. Number one, I want to say, get our, let's get our focus back on Jesus. But number two, I want to remind you tonight that there are some things that you're not going to know and you're not going to understand down here. You know what God told John? He said, don't write it. Don't tell. Now I'll tell you one, one quality that John had is he could keep a secret because he didn't tell. He said, all right, I'm not supposed to write it. I won't write it. He obviously was not a part of an independent Baptist church like ours. Because you tell somebody, don't tell anybody. That's translated, don't tell too many people. And if you do tell somebody, tell them not to tell anybody else, right? But did you know there are some things that you and I will never understand? There'll be some questions you won't know the answer to. I was listening today to the radio. I think it was Brother Paulie. I, I don't remember which preacher it was. But one of the preachers today said, it's okay to ask God what? God, what are you trying to do? But the preacher said, don't ask God why. Because you may never know the why. You may never know the reason. You say, well, I just want to know, why am I going through this? I don't know, and you don't know, and we may never know until we get to heaven. But if you ask why, you may not get an answer. But if you'll ask what, I promise you God will show you what. He'll show you what he's trying to teach you. He'll, he'll show you what he's trying to do in your life. Number one, get your focus on the Lord. Number two, realize there are some things we will never know, some things we will never understand. Number three, I'll say this, and it talks in this passage about the mystery of God in verse number seven, which was declared to his servants, the prophets. The prophets were given some mysteries. 
Here was a mystery, the mystery of the gospel. The prophets didn't understand that. The prophets didn't understand what it would be like uh, that Jesus would die on a cross and he'd be buried and he'd rise again. They didn't understand that. The prophets did not understand what it would be like to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you all the time. They didn't understand it, but you know what they did? They just kept going and said, God, you'll have to figure that out. We don't understand that. That's a mystery to us, but they just kept going. And I want to remind you, number three, God does not owe us an explanation. Now, sometimes we think we deserve an explanation. Everything God does, he needs to explain himself. Oh, God doesn't need to explain himself to any of us. You know why? Because he's God and his way is perfect. I want to remind you tonight that in the midst of a tribulation period, you can stop whatever you're doing and you can get your eyes back on Jesus. I think that's the lesson that God wanted John to see. He's writing about all these uh, seven seal judgments and he's writing about these seven trumpet judgments and he's writing about all these demons from hell and he's writing about all this terrible stuff. And all of a sudden, in the midst of it all, the angel shows up, gives him a message from God. It was a message that he wasn't even supposed to share with anybody else. He said, seal it up. Not right now. Can't talk about it now. But John got to see that Jesus Christ was still in control in the midst of the worst turmoil that the world would ever see. And he's in control in the midst of the worst turmoil that you and I will face. He is still in control. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.